right, well, there you have it. We have groups starting up soon, and so we would love for you guys to sign up. Um, we actually have sign-ups today, even in the back um, at the groups table. And so if you want to do that, uh, there's a laptop back there, so you just sign up really quick. Um, but you go online this week and do that as well, livinglifeopen.com. Sign up for the groups. It'll take you to the city, and you'll be able to sign up there. But yeah, do it, do it quickly, because we'd love for you to win out and get some movie tickets for you to enjoy you know, a long week, a weekend sometime, maybe with on a date with your spouse or something like that. So it'd be good for you to enjoy that. Um, so welcome to Open Life. I'm really glad that you're here today. My name's Jaden. I'm one of the pastors here. And so we just want to say thanks for being here because it's totally awesome that you came on a Labor Day. Hopefully you've had um, Labor Day weekend, but hopefully you've enjoyed the sun. Um, maybe you have tomorrow off. Um, maybe, maybe you don't and you have to work. Well, Good for you. I'm sure you love your job, so it's going to be great. Um, but so it, if you notice, this is like the weekend. I've always been told that I can never wear white shoes after Labor Day weekend. And so I'm, I thought I'd wear my white shoes today. Um, but I'll probably wear them again afterwards because I'm a rebel like that as far as fashion. Um, people say I'm a trendsetter and stuff like that. I've heard people. My wife tells me that all the time. So... But it's a transitional time in our lives. Um, school's getting ready to start. Um, we're in a time where maybe uh, your job, you, a seasonal job, and you're ready to you know, start working again in the fall. Whatever it is, but it's a natural time of transition. College football started yesterday. NFL starts on Thursday. So there's a transition in my life. I, I have to draft my fantasy team tomorrow, so I'm very pumped for that. Uh, so I actually have two drafts, so it'll be fun. But if you think about it, even the seasons um, are changing. Um, our days are becoming shorter and shorter, and in times like these, it's, to get, it's easy to get distracted from maybe a plan, or maybe you have a goal in your life. It's time like these when it's like really easy to get distracted from that, because you get busy. You add stuff to your schedule. There's things going on. And so you begin to really uh, think like, well, I got this going on. I'm going to just put off my plan or my mission or my goals. I'm going to put those off till later. Um, but the, sa- the same is true um, also with your personal lives, but in a broader sense for open life. Thad is in Indonesia right now. He's doing awesome things for Jesus. And it's easy to get in the busyness of making sure everything's going good here to where it'd be easy for us to just sit back and say, well, you know, since Thad's is God, he's not here to see everything. Um, we can just kind of take a step back. We could let some things fall through the cracks. You know, he's never going to know. Um, so it's easy to do that because there's no accountability. There's no pressure. There's stuff like that. But what's really important in a broader sense for open life, but also for your life, is to really be on mission, to be on target for what our goals and our plans are so that we don't let natural excuses arise in us to distract us from where we're going. And so if you think about it, maybe you don't know, maybe you do. Open's life mission is simply this, people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And so that's the mission that God has put on the mind of Open Life's founding members when they started Open Life three years ago, and that we would be a group of people leading other people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And so recently, the staff at Open Life has really been processing and thinking about how we do this, how we actually play that out, and how we want to effectively accomplish our mission daily, weekly, yearly, and going into the future. And so you may be seeing these words around, like, in the 
um, as you come in to the high school on Sunday mornings, maybe you see it, but the words connecting, serving, and sharing, they're even on your handout on the side up and down wise, so you'd have to kind of tilt your head, head to see it. But we believe that connecting, serving, and sharing are the way that open life actually does the mission. Our actions are connecting with others, they're serving others, and they're sharing with others about Jesus. And so that's how we do it. And so James talked about it in groups, that that's how we do the connect part of connect, serve, and share, is in our groups. We connect with each other at these groups. We might even do other things like serving, or we do a lot of sharing there too, but the way we connect is through our groups. And so if you think about it, when you join a group this week, you're helping Open Life fulfill its mission of people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. So I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for being on mission with us and for joining those groups. And so looking at where we are right now on our mission, we have the vehicle and how we do it in the connect, serve, and share. But we also have another level, and you've probably seen these words as you walk in. There are values. There are the things that we kind of live by. There are the things that we're devoted to, and we call them core values. And these values, in a sense, help us decide which way to turn as we follow a road of working on our mission. There's a lot of things that happen in our lives where we maybe come to a fork in, the li- in our lives and we say, well, how do I know which way to go? Well, our values help us decide which way. They might be two awesome things, but we have to decide which way do we want to go. Our values help us determine how to make those decisions. And so we as a team, um, the four pastors, read a book um, last fall. It's called The Advantage. And this guy, by a guy named Patrick Lencioni, and I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but he has organizational concepts that help any kind of organization, where it's a business, a church, um, a group of people who are trying to go to a common goal. And so that's what we are uh, at Open Life. And so he talks about four types of values. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And the four that he mentions are core values, aspirational values, accidental values, and then permission to play values. And so I'll explain permission to play really quick because we're only going to talk about it once and I'm just going to disregard it the rest of our time together. These, these values are literally basic, generic values like honesty, integrity, and honor. Every organization needs to have these values, but they don't need to be mentioned all the time because they're kind of a given. They're like, Yes, every organization wants to be honest, integrity, and have honor in the way it manages a business. And if it doesn't have those, then it's already off on a bad foot. But we already do those things. That's already in our priorities. And so you've heard all those before at other organizations and stuff. So we're just going to skip those to talk about the more, more important core values. But the next values that he talks about are aspirational values. Values that we aspire to have. You may not have them right now, but you would like to have them in the future. They're probably a goal of how you want to flesh out your mission. They're an aspiration. And so these values should all be positive. You wouldn't ever want to strive or aspire to have a negative value. It'd be kind of awkward if open life, if one of our main values was to just open life loves to burn people out, you know? That would be really counterproductive. It'd be really awkward coming in here and hearing that from the platform. Is like, open life, you know, when you come here, you're just going to get tired. When you start volunteering, you're just going to, you know, it's going to be gruesome work, and we hope to burn you out within two months. No one wants to hear that. And so, so you want these aspirational values. They want to be something positive, not negative. 
But so then we go to the next group called accidental values. And so these values are something that just creep up naturally as we've been doing mission work. As we pursue our mission, these values may not have been core values that we just said, hey, we have to do these things, but they eventually just creep up one by one. And so these could either be negative or positive. A positive value that Open Life has is that we, are, we try to be uncomplicated. That's one of our values. We are uncomplicated. But a negative value might be, well, we like to make things really complex. So like maybe as we go like a month or a year into the church process, we realize that, man, we just have been doing stuff it's just in a crazy way where we have added all these steps to people's lives. We've added steps to processes in the church, and it's just become really complex. When we first set out, we wanted to be un- uncomplicated. And so what you realize is that these accidental values can sometimes arise, and you have to do something about them to whether you want to keep them or if you want to get rid of them. And so you have to decide, is the accidental value something positive, and it's something positive that you really enjoy, that you say, I want this to be part of our team, then you say, well, let's make that a core value. Let's start doing that, and let's make it part of our lifestyle and the way we act. But if it's a negative value, you want to be sure to get rid of that negative aspect. And so finally, um, or so, so that's all the different ones. And so the better we are at identifying values in our own lives, and aligning ourselves to our core values, our own personal values, then it's going to be easier to come to a place like open life and join with our mission and join with our values and to live those out. And so it's really important that we sometime over the next few weeks, as we talk more and more about this, that we begin to feel a sense of personal mission that God has for us, a personal mission uh, for our lives. And then you begin to realize that you have personal values in your life, things that you'd be willing to die over or be really willing to just follow no matter the consequence. And so that's how you begin to put in together the personal comes into the group. And the group affects the personal values as well. And so at Open Life, we want to set the bar for how we want to function with our core values. From time to time, we may add aspirational values because we want to do better. But then we also have to deal with our accidental values. Are they positive, negative, getting rid of the bad ones, but keeping the good ones if there's something we really want and we think is important? And so it can be a confusing process because sometimes we let our aspirational values cloud our judgment of what our accidental values are actually doing. If we, if we aspire and we just start saying, well, we're really great at this, but when actually you're, we're pretty bad at it, then our aspirational values cloud our judgment of our accidental ones. So there's kind of like an honesty that has to be there. So personally, I have a personal core value of just, I love life, right? You know, I just, I wouldn't want to be dead, so I love life. And then the aspirational value is that um, I like to live a healthy life in the way I eat. So to me, if I only eat at McDonald's one time a week, that's a healthy lifestyle. So this is a joke. Um, But an an accidental um, value would be that I actually go to all the other fast food joints, Burger King, Wendy's, and all this on the other nights. And so my aspirational value would be, well, I'm only going to go to McDonald's once a week. But my accidental ones are that I actually go to fast food restaurants all the other days of the week. And so my core value of loving life is being affected by my accidental one of just eating a ton of fast food and my aspirational one of wanting to be healthy. 
And so there's a decision there that has to be made. Am I going to love life so much? If I really believe that's my core value, I need to go for my aspirational one and drop my negative accidental value in my life. And so let me give you an idea of what the next four weeks are going to be like as we kind of uh, talk about our values, talk about our mission, and talk about vision. Today and next week, we're going to be looking at open life's values and see how they fit as an organization, but also how they kind of fit personally uh, for your life. Then uh, can we identify the values of our personal lives? And then also, while we look at these broad values of open life, you may want to look internally at values and principles that guide the way that you make decisions personally. And so then the final week before Thad gets here, so this week and next week we're talking about values, then the week before Thad gets here, we're going to be talking about vision. And because we believe Jesus has an awesome vision for open life, but he also has an awesome vision for your life. And he wants you to do awesome things for you. He wants you to do awesome things for his mission, but for your mission as well, because they're not like exclusive. It's not like when you become a Christ follower that you just all of a sudden have to give up all of your dreams and all of your goals. But it's when we realize that our values becoming more like Christ, they can, our goals merge into God's goals for us as well. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about that. And then finally, when Thad comes back, we're calling it Visibility 2013. It's a catchy name, but um, we have been really praying over it. It's kind of like a vision Sunday, and we've been really praying for maybe what God is the next step for open life. Like, what do we want to happen? What do we want to go forward? And so it's going to be a time where Thad and Dana might share what God did through them in Indonesia, but it's also going to be a time for Thad to really kind of set some vision for us, the way of what God is speaking to him for the next steps of open life. And so would you be willing to, over the next month, to help us pray for that day? If you just even took um, a 30-second prayer and just say, God, I pray for when Thad and Dana get back. We're going to be talking about vision at Open Life, and I want to be a part of that, and I want to just see what God has in store for us, because we believe that over the next few weeks, God can stir a vision inside of you for your life and for Open Life as well. And really, if we become better at recognizing mission, values, and vision in our own lives, it makes it easier to recognize and fulfill the mission, the values, and vision of open life as well. And so let's jump in. Ah, you may be asking yourself, why does open life have values? And so these are the first kind of check marks or the fill-ins on your handout. And so the truth of the matter is that we could probably run a church without a set of core values and just let ourselves get pulled in any direction, every way, every which way. But over and over, you see in successful organizations, businesses, and churches, when that group is dedicated to a set of core values, they're much more likely to be successful at fulfilling their mission. And so the first reason open life has values is because the mission of the church given by Jesus is important. It's really important, the mission that Jesus gave to us. And you find that mission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and when Jesus, it's this, it goes like this. Then Jesus came to them and said, he's talking to the disciples. He says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus is speaking to his disciples 
whom he had trained for the past few years, and he had just been murdered, buried, and he rose again three days later. And so these disciples got to see everything that Jesus did in his life. They got to see all his works, all the miracles that he did, all the people he interacted with. And so now it's like the culmination of Jesus saying, you've been with me for a while now, and now it's time for you to go. This is your mission. Go into all the world and make disciples. Teach them to obey my commands. And so it's so important that we realize that that's the mission that Jesus has for each and every one of us, is to do that, to make that a part of our lives, to make that a kind of a daily desire of, okay, how can I do this? Maybe I need to become a better disciple. How, or how can I go? God, use me. And so this is the root of our mission as open life. We want to be people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. That is our end game. That never stops. That's something that we're always going to pursue. There's no like end target where once we, once we have maybe a hundred people, like that's just when we're going to stop. That's not the way it works. Our mission is ongoing. Our mission is continually moving forward because we believe that unless we got to a point where every single person in the whole world claimed to know Jesus and followed him, that's when we could stop and pat ourselves on the back. But we're not there. We're not even close. And so that mission is ongoing. It's what we always do. It's what we work and strive for. And so that's how our values come into play. Is our values are important because the mission of God is important. And so our values guide us to better reach our mission. The next one is values help guide our decisions as an organization. If you're a growing organization, it's really important to know which opportunities to take advantage of and which opportunities to let pass by. This happens in life for people on multiple occasions. Say you're living here in Bonnie Lake and maybe you're not even looking for a new job, but something in the area comes and it'll just be a new fulfilling career for you. Or maybe at the same time, you have a job on the East Coast that could pay you a little more. And so you'd have more money, but you have to uproot your family and do that. So how do you make that decision? Well, it comes down to strong core values in your own life that helps you better decide which opportunities are the ones that you need to take. And so think about it personally. If your values were in this order, live comfortably, have financial security, and have a strong family bond with your family, then maybe you would say, I want that job on the East Coast because it better fits with my values, the, fam- the values of my family, because I want to have more money. I want to be more financially secure. That's fine. Those are your values, and those are what, what you are striving for. But say you had those flipped around, and you just said, well, the first things first, just the strong family thing is what I always want, and I have family in the area. Next would be financial security, and maybe next would be uh, what, to live comfortably. And so uh, just a flip-flop of those values would make you decide, well, maybe I should just stay. I'm still, like, living decently comfortable. I'm, like, I'm not, like, poor or anything, but I really value my strong, my strong family bond. If those are your values, those are the decisions you have to make. If you love the strong family bond and you have a big family and you decide to uproot yourself to East Coast, yeah, you're going to get more money and that's one of your values that's of a lesser degree. You're going to become bitter. You're going to become angry because you left your whole family just for some money. But the same things, if that's not important to you as much 
and you stay here when you could have had more money and that's something that you value. And I'm not talking about like being just greedy like all the time. So I'm talking about a reasonable like, I just want financial security. If that's something you value and you didn't take that job, you're always gonna regret, well, I could have lived more comfortably or I could have had provided for my family more if we would have moved. And so it's all like, what do your values tell you when you approach a fork in the road? And open life values tell us exactly what we're going to do when we approach decisions in our organization's future. And throughout it all, you're protected from dumb decisions as well. If your values are a strong family to live peacefully and financially and to be financially secure, then you're you're not even going to entertain dumb decisions that might arise, like maybe uh, something, a coworker, you're going to... like this part putting advances on you and so you have an opportunity to cheat on your wife. If you, if you have strong values, then things like that, temptations like that, aren't even going to det- detract you from that because you have such strong core values of I want to keep my family strong. And so that's the thing that values help you. They keep you, they help you make decisions, but they also keep you from making really stupid decisions as well. And so finally, values help us, specifically open life, connect, serve, and share with others. The last reason why we have values is purely mission-driven. We said before that the way we fulfill our mission is to connect, serve, and share. And so our core values, we believe, perfectly set up to be a filter of how we connect, serve, and share with others. I can try to connect people with people all day long, but if I don't do that without open life's value in in my mind of, like, connecting with them for, for the mission, then I could just connect with people to connect with people. And that's fine, but I've chosen and I've decided I want my values to affect the way that I actually live my life. And so my value of connecting or of, of doing the connection with someone is always going to have an end game of, man, I hope this person comes to know Jesus or I want to know what this person thinks about Jesus because I want to connect them to him. And so, so many times I feel like people you kind of get this idea that, well, this person goes to a church and now they're just trying to get me saved or whatever. And like, that's fine. But like, I'm not going to feel bad for wanting to save someone from eternity in hell. Like, I'm not like, so maybe I just need to bring it back a little bit that I'm just going to connect to connect. I'm just going to invest in a relationship while in the back of my mind, I'm still connecting because I love this person. I really want them to know Jesus. So don't ever feel bad about having, being missional in your life. And maybe that doesn't mean you're just like, you know, getting in people's face about Jesus just right from the get-go, but maybe it means investing a lot of time into your neighbors or a lot of time into your family to instill the values that you have so that hopefully one day they'll come just that like, you know, it's almost like a light bulb in their mind that says, ding, I want to be on this mission too. Can you tell me about Jesus? And so that's where we get these values from. And so it's important that we just come to a realization that our values, if we have, if we're on mission and trying to be on mission, our values affect how we go forward. And so Open Life has six core values that we believe that God has for us. And so we're going to look at two of them today um, and then four of them next week. And so just really think about these six things. They're, they're very simple by design, but they're also complex by the things, if you really realize the gravity it can have in your life, it can have a strong impact for the way that you live. 
And so the first one is we make Jesus known. That's our first core value. And it's, it's very important. We make Jesus known. We want that to be a part of all of our decisions, all of the things that we do, any event that we put on. Every time we meet here on a Sunday, we want to make Jesus known. John 14, 6 through 7 says this, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This value of making Jesus known has to be number one. If we don't make sure that we're making Jesus known in everything you do, we lose sight of the, miss- of the mission Jesus first set out for us to accomplish. If I personally believe that the only way that I can know God is through his son Jesus, then I have to make Jesus known as much as I can in every action that I take. And this value comes through on Sundays when we meet, when we do worship, we do it because we want to sing praises to Jesus. We want to have him known in your life as you come in here. Uh, it, It plays a part in the groups that we create is because we want people to connect around knowing Jesus and connect among relationship with Jesus and to be able to be encouraged in that as well. And it's also in our community. When we make decisions to serve our community, we want to make Jesus known through those things. And so if we just do stuff to be nice, we're just wasting an opportunity for Jesus to be known. And like I said earlier, it's never a selfish thing to want to have people to know Jesus. It's never something that you have to be ashamed of to say, yeah, I would love for you to come to know salvation, to come to know, to come to know Christ through my actions with you. And so I said at the beginning that we have to be willing to follow our core values no matter what. That's a, if, when you have core values, they're important enough that it means you're going to take the consequences of having those core values in your life. That you're going to take the times when people may uh, ridicule you over them or they may get mad at you over them in your life. But you have to be willing. If that's a core value in your life, then you have to be willing to take the brunt of that, of that disdain in your life. And so listen to this story. It's, this is, um, we're going to be reading out of Acts. And so it's just after Jesus sent out the, all the disciples out. And after they kind of came together, Bruce talked out of Acts 2 last week. And so this is Acts 3. And it's just after the church is just starting to grow. And so it's Acts 3, 1 through 10. And then we'll skip to chapter 4 as well. But Acts 3, 1, to, 1 through 10 says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. So Peter looked at straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And so as the story goes on in chapter 3, the religious leaders at the time, 
didn't want, did not want the name of Jesus to be known. They had just killed Jesus. They felt like they were beginning to squash all the, in their minds, the consequences of Jesus being on earth. And, and so they wanted to bury it, to move on. And so we read on in Acts 4, 1 through 4. The, the priests and the captain of the temple guards and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message relieved, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. So even in the face of prison, in the face of scorn and of judgment, you have two guys in Peter and John who are willing to stand by the value of making Jesus known enough that they are willing to go to prison for it. And so I'm not saying that we're at a time like that in our country, but there's people across this world who are in that time where they believe strong enough for their value of to make Jesus known that they're willing to go to prison over it. I just even think about that. He joked before he left that like, maybe I'll get stuck in prison because technically what I'm doing is illegal in Indonesia. But he was serious about it. I saw it in his eyes. If he were to get arrested, it's not like he would just, just say, oh, I don't, I don't know Jesus. I'm not a missionary. I'm not doing this. He would stand by his, his value of making Jesus known and he would say, hey, I'm making Jesus known. So I guess, yeah, you're going to have to put me in prison. And so it's that serious, it's that much that we stand by our core values of making Jesus known. And so it's important that you have the resolve and the grit in your life to choose to stick with your values. That you know that God has placed those values in your life. Through prayer, through prayer and through studying his word, you really feel God calling you to your values. That you feel like these are the values that I want to live my life by. You see the purpose of your actions and that you may have never acted if you had not had the values in your life keeping you focused and keeping you straight. Our values guide our decisions, but they also help us make decisions when we're maybe afraid or we may be scared. And so the second value that we have at Open Life is we're present with our community. And Jesus exemplifies this in a perfect way and it comes in Mark 2, 13 through 17. It says, Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so here we get a glimpse of Jesus' heart for all people. People considered not worthy, people who were lost causes, people who for whatever reason maybe had given up on following the law of religion. Jesus decides that they are worth his time, that those people are worth his time. Jesus, time after time, didn't make those who felt unworthy come to him and feel their shame. He went to them and took their shame from them, all because of a simple choice of choosing 
to being around others and being community rather than being separate from it. Your community is all around you. And what I love about Open Life is that we can be unashamed of our connections inside of the community and still see our mission prosper. We can work with people like U.S. Bank and have a, a school supply drive. We can work with Harbor Stone Credit Union and have a school supply drive. We can work with other places that aren't in the name of Jesus, but if we like organize it, Jesus' name is proclaimed and other people want to be a part of it. And that's something to rejoice about. Sometimes we become so worried about ourselves and our own needs that we don't often see the needs of other people. And so Jesus talked about another story in Luke 10, 25 through 37. He's, Jesus says this, on one occasion an expert, in, or sorry, this is the story, and it starts off with this. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. He said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus replies, what is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem, Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. And so Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And so the same is true for us. Go and do likewise. We need to be people of mercy, showing a helping hand rather than being people who are separate, who are scolding people for their unworthiness. Your neighbor in this story are your friends at work, the, the people you live by, parents of your kids' playmates. Maybe you have people out walking their dog. I just got a dog and already people just feel the need to come up and talk to me about it. And so it's awesome because those are my neighbors. Your neighbor may be someone you actually hate. A pastor in Seattle who I follow on Twitter completely threw me for a whirl this week when he posted this tweet. He said, I love Jesus as much as I love the person I love the least. And I read that and I was like, holy cow, like that guy just kind of spoke to me because there's people who I dislike. There's people who I don't agree with. And it's like, I love Jesus as much as I love that person. And so my love for people needs to grow. It needs to be stronger. It needs to be greater. It needs to grow. And so it's pretty challenging stuff. You love people. The way you love people is important. Jesus was present with the people he loved. He didn't love them from afar. He didn't love them with his words and ignore them with his actions. He sat with them at a table and he broke bread with them and he had dinner with them. 
He was friends with them. He said, let me come to your house. Let me have dinner with you. Let me enjoy this fellowship with you. Let me enjoy community with you. We're present with our community. And so I hope this can encourage you personally. My desire is that all of us would be true to the mission that God has placed in our own hearts first so that we can be mission living people for our own lives so that we can come together at a place like Open Life and join with the bigger mission that we have. We're here to help you. We're here to do mission together. But you can't do that with us if you're not doing it for yourself. And we can't do that on ourselves if you're not doing it for yourselves. And so it's people working together to see God glorified, to see God made known to people around this region. But even afar, Thad's in Indonesia. He's across the world. And so would you choose this week to find a purpose in that? Some of you may literally serve hundreds of people each week at your job, whether you work at a restaurant, a bank, a school. You're impacting those people. And I'm not saying you have to say, God bless you to every person. I'm not saying you have to talk to each and every person about Jesus, but you could in your mind, if you're that strong, you believe strongly in your values, you can say a one minute, like a one second prayer. God, I pray that you would help this person's day in your mind. You don't have to tell them. But I've been in situations like that and people will kind of look, they might, some person might not even notice, but another person might say, man, I like just having a terrible day. Well, that's my end to talk to him and say, hey, well, what's going on? And maybe I don't even get to the point of Jesus, but I get to the point of an open year and that person is loved on. That person is who I love the least, but that's how much I love Jesus. And so that's how we move forward. And so would you ask God to stir something inside of you that says there's a bigger purpose here than just making money if you're at your job, or there's a bigger purpose here than just the what I'm doing right now? Believe that your actions have purpose for the mission of God. And so as we go forward, We still have four more values to go over next week. We hit the two major ones today. But would you start to look in your own life? How can I make Jesus known? How can I be present with our community? Because these are values that I won't just say, go do that this week. Like, go and do it. But I would just ask that you begin to pray about those values. And maybe you don't even have a value set. And maybe you want to add those values to your life. But make that decision. Make a decision to look over your mission, to look over your values of how you live your life and say, well, when I come to forks in the road or I come to hard decisions, how am I gonna make those decisions? Well, it's your values. But think about how you could make Jesus known. Think about how you could be present with your community this week and let those values grow up inside of you and affect the daily decisions that you make. Strong values make intentional decisions to help you complete your mission. And so our our action steps for this week would be find your personal mission and values and then let open life's values have a place in your life this week. And then finally, pray for the huffs. Continue to pray for them on a daily basis, but also pray for the week that they get back and that God will kind of pour his vision into us and that we would begin to even have miracles in our minds to be able to see what God has for us. Like to not just say, this next year is just gonna be a ho-hum year. We're gonna do the same things over and over. But God, I believe God wants to stir something in our hearts to wanna do something extra or different or something that's bold or courageous. But I believe God's calling 
people like you to do that in your own lives and then coming here, that can be even exponentially greater. And so would you believe for that over the next month? Would you say that, that I will add that to my daily prayer just to pray for that day and just get ready for God to do something. Be expectant of him to do something. So I'm gonna pray, we're gonna go into worship and then just think about, God, what are my values and how am I living them out? God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for just the time to talk about the way your values affect our lives, God. And so I pray for those who maybe don't even know you in this place. Maybe they've never come to a decision to really say, I wanna follow you and I'm gonna be second to you in my life, God. And so I pray that they would have that desire and have that need. And if they do that, today would be the day where they say, I want to follow Jesus. I want his values to just come into me so that I can make intentional decisions for following him. And God, I pray for those who may be at a point where they would say, I don't even have values. I don't even know what this mission thing is. I don't even, this, it's kind of like weird. Like you're saying I need to make a plan. And so God, I pray that you would speak to the need of people, that they would see that plan in their lives, that you would give them a vision for where you want to take them, and that they would feel the need to have those values to make those decisions. And going forward, God, I pray for when Thad and Dana get back, I just pray that you would be with them still, help them, keep them safe, God, but that when they come back, they would have just stories of awesomeness of what you're doing through them, but greater stories of what you're going to do here at Open Life through all of us working together for your mission, God. So I ask it in your mighty name. Amen.